Good morning and festive vibes to each and every one of you out there in podcast land. Today, I'm not going to dwell on what could have been. Rather, I'm going to focus on what can be. Have a fantastically focused fun day, everybody. It's time to play hard, work hard. Now, let's play hard. And a happy Monday to you folks. Welcome to The Crude Life. This is the Play Hard, Work Hard morning show powered by The Crude Life. That is Sterling. My name is Jason Spies. We are coming to you here in the Industrial Forest Studios. Mildly Conscious Monday. Hello. You saw how the studios are coming together, huh? Yeah, this is looking good, man. Nice. So we uh, put together, we, we took two pieces and put together and made one. Yeah, well, it's. I'm just glad I didn't have to help, but it Recycle, looks great. Recycle, reuse, repurpose. Repurpose. Reimagine. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like we grew up with MacGyver and Mad Max, <laughs> man. So it's all about duct tape and, you know, what you can do at WD-40. Heathcliff and the Alley Cats. You bet, man. I know it all. Well, even the Fat Albert Show, man, and Sanford right. and Son, right? They lived in a junkyard. I was like, I want to oh. build stuff. I, I've always wanted to write a dissertation in college about how the shaping of Sanford and Son mm-hmm. and Fat Albert... On the one spectrum, and then on the other spectrum, it's George Jefferson. Yeah, the Jeffersons. So that's the only way to make it. Yep. And you dry know, cleaning, dry business, cleaning business. Yeah. You Moving know, on service, up, man. service business. That's right. Moving on up. Otherwise, you'd be happy living in the junkyard. Well, it was like there was the <laughs> one or the other, right? <laughs> Go ahead and make a band with Bill Cosby. It was one or the other. Do you remember the Fat Albert? And they're like, they had like a. A radiator as an instrument. Uh, yeah, yeah. They, they they played in a junkyard. <laughs> they found like an old used mop, and that was uh, their guitar. Was as just... a kid, though, I was like, "Man, I want to go play in that place." But the beauty is, it did stretch your imagination. It did. It did. It you know, I mean, did. much more than Sesame Street ever did. But anyway, that's uh, a different no, story. Sh- hey, what's what happened? Fighting there? words, man. <laughs> <laughs> that is Sterling. My name is Jason Spee. Sterling comes to us never. Working a day in oil and gas, but growing up in oil and gas, so much so he literally lived oil and gas in Dahran, Saudi Arabia. As a child, his father worked for Ramco, which used to be Standard Oil, which is now a Ramco, mm-hmm. largest oil company in the world. And uh, Sterling grew up in a base. You know, like a man camp, crew camp. It was a family camp. The Dahran was like... And is I that what they called it, a family camp? Yeah, actually, I th- they did call it a family camp. Because, you know, here it was a man camp for yeah. a long time. And then in 2014, there was a pretty hard push by the industry to change it to a crew camp. They did have bachelors there. They had separate bachelor housing. I mean, it was on camp, but it was, you know, in its own area with its own rec centers. Uh, but yeah, no, it was families, man. It was like fifteen, sixteen thousand people living there. It's one. So Dahran, imagine this, you know, like like a, a Pecos, Texas man camp, crew camp, uh, community camp, family camp, but golf courses and snack bars. There was a hobby farm for people that had horses. School? There was oh, there was two big schools. How many high schools? 
Uh, there was one junior high. Well, one junior yeah, high. That's Schooling right, because, only went up to ninth grade. Because then you got shipped off to a boarding school because yep. of, um, well, just testosterone laws. I think they just, well, because so many things there were illegal, right? Like alcohol, other stuff like that. I think they figured once you were teenagers, it was better to get you out of the country. Well, now, if you got caught with alcohol, your parents got fired, you got thrown in Could jail, be, yep. and your horse got shot. <laughs> in that order, probably. Camel. Yeah. Camel. Yeah. Did you eat camel? Not knowingly. Oh my word! Gee. I've had goat. I've had what We've I told was horse. Um, You've had horse. I've had what I was told was horse. Later yeah. on in this program, we've got North Dakota Agriculture Commissioner Doug Goring. Has and he we, had horse? And we talk a little horse. Yeah. Well, when I, I couldn't remember the mission he went on, he went over to Qatar and Turkey for an energy and ag summit type okay. of a thing. With Maybe a, yeah, yeah. You, I mean, the economic developers were there, the ag people were there, the energy people were there, the trade ministry, the tech ministry. I tagged so many things that Arabic came up on one of them. I'm not kidding you. And I'm <laughs> right. like, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, let's see okay. what that does. I probably I'm on the CIA list now for ISIS, but either way. <laughs> You know, because I'm tagging stuff on the social media, right? right. And so um, I'm going off of, you know, kind of the press release of just the, the this, these are the people that we met with. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, sure. We'll have Qatar follow the crude life, see if anybody does that or mm-hmm. whatever else. And he said, one of them, a bunch of Arabic came up. And I'm like, uh, okay, sure, okay, we'll see if anybody uh, yells Qatar at me. is a seriously rich oil state. So here's what, uh, a spoiler alert for those people who maybe don't want to listen to the entire interview with Doug Goring, which I can't imagine why. He's actually, he's a fun interview. We should ask him about what kind of food he had. True story. He's actually one of the most powerful people in the United States. Really? Like Superman? Oh, totally. Okay, so he sits, he's, he's, the, he's on the Industrial Commission in North Dakota. Mm-hmm. He's the ag person in North Dakota. He's on the water, so he controls the water, but he's also on a committee on the United States overseeing the water. Mm-hmm. So there's a 50-person committee. He sits on the 12-person committee okay. who oversees the 50-person committee. So, I mean, he's, he's Sounds smart. like Hydro Man. Oh, he man. is he's... smart like a fox, dude. Okay. So, I mean, nobody's ever heard of him, and he <laughs> loves it. Well, that's yeah, that's the best way to get things done, right? <laughs> I was going to say, you're like the most powerful guy in North Dakota. He goes, shut up. Don't tell anybody that. Anyway, yeah, I'd so. rather be the power behind the throne anyway. Anyway. But the don't. throne usually gets hung. So, but what he was saying is that Qatar is doing a lot of uh, energy independence. So they are, you know, they're looking at, you know, importing some, but they're more, I, you know, I read between the lines more. I, I even think they're past the thought part of it, uh, the intellectual property, because, I mean, back in 2014, the crude life here, we were doing stories on how, I believe it was Exxon or Marathon, they were basically building the infrastructure in Qatar. So everything that we did back in the 70s and 80s, Qatar was doing there. So they were building this energy infrastructure to be completely energy independent. Now, uh, ag is a different story. So ag is, um, they they want more ag. Mm -hmm. They want more ag. But the horse part was, I asked uh, uh, Commissioner Gorian, I said, hey, where was that country you went to where we were introducing beef because the country ate horse meat? And it was Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan. Where they would boil the horse meat because it's so rough. Right. And so they would boil it. And this is no kidding. We actually loaded up on uh, some sort of big cargo, you know. uh, Just uh, take uh, a bunch of cows. You know, normally you send over the military people on, you know, and they do the paratrooping out. We We loaded up a bunch of cows. Okay. And guys from Weber. 
with grills <laughs> to teach them how to grill. A bunch of Ron Swansons nice, over there oh, showing them. So Operation uh, Hamburger. I, I always thought that was so funny. Well, Beef I mean, drop. When you're boiling your horse meat, it reminds me of a naked gun. <laughs> where Priscilla Presley just boiled a roast. <laughs> so anyway, but uh, so we have that going on. Also, uh, my pillow. Just want to mention we have that special going on for uh, my pillow towels. Ooh, towels now. One hundred nine ninety nine. Yours for thirty nine ninety nine. A six piece towel set. Now are these like beach size towels or what kind of? You get two regular size towels, two hand size towels, and two washcloths. Okay, nice. And so they regularly regularly look at me all lazy on a Monday morning. Uh, one hundred nine ninety nine ninety nine. Did I say that too many times? Ninety nine. One hundred nine ninety nine. Thirty nine ninety nine. It was heck of a savings. That's a lot of nineties. My neighbor, by the way, the climate activist. Mm-hmm. Big my pillow fan. Yeah, no kidding, man. They're comfy. No kidding. So we actually uh, we we ended up. I purchased something off of a social media marketplace, right? Mm-hmm. And it was a, it was a weight bench, and I'm like, oh great, one with the you know the uh, the, the 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 what do you call it? The, the place where the the bar gets held, the right. bar holder. And so we're gonna put it out in the garage, and you know my son he's like weightlifting now, and. And I was going, okay, how am I going to play Tetris in my SUV? How are you going to get this thing? Right. I, mean, yeah. I, hope, I hope I don't have to take it apart, all yeah. this different stuff. Well, it was my neighbor, the climate activist. Nice. The one who works at Microsoft. So short walk. So anyway, it was brand new, never used. Even better. <laughs> Doesn't have someone else's oh, sweat stains. His, his wife it. was telling me all about his workout dreams. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, all kinds of late night infomercials. Yeah, there's a lot of those man. workout dreams, and right, so here right. you know. Uh, but no, anyway. But um, I was telling him about my pillow because we were just talking about business and a few other things. And I said, "Hey, you know, my pillow became a sponsor." And he goes, "Oh, that's my favorite pillow." He goes, I can't tell anybody about it because of ah. because of the political beliefs. So well, he works at Microsoft. Right. You can't say anything about Mike Lindell about Microsoft. He'll escort you out of the building. Actually, they haven't. Even, has he even been in the building? Have they been working from home for like the last year and a half? They, they yeah. He yeah. hasn't been back to that campus and yeah. probably that big giant campus. I know. What are they going to do? Turn it into a Kmart? Well, that wouldn't be a good idea. A Tur- turn it into an empty Kmart. How retro! <laughs> How retro! Look at you. So. Anyway, so uh, the, it's amazing how many people are using that pillow and just love it. Just absolutely love it. So I'm going to buy a travel pillow for my trip to uh, the uh, Badlands and then out to Colorado, circle back through Wyoming, and up to Ribfest, where we're going to be co-emceeing oh, this as is we awesome. introduce Winona Judd and uh, Snake Oil. Yep. That's, that's an 80s hair band. I remember them. Snake Oil. Yep. They're uh, the after party party. The after after party. Right after you've had a couple of shots. And then we go to the after 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 party after that. <laughs> uh, well, but, but we've added a few things. I saw some pictures on your social media. Now I've got a confirmation verbally. Verbally. Not okay. psychically. Verbally. Not smoke signals or heliograph. So, and I feel so confident. I, I, I just want to say it because say it. I want to talk Do about it. it. So, folks. You have no idea how big the potatoes of inclusion were at the Bakken barbecue. Not only were they a hit with the people, but for me personally, 
That was an eight-year journey. You got to remember, folks, I was a vegan. Okay, I, I was a closet vegan. For one, I think vegans are annoying. Extremely annoying. Yeah, I was just a vegan for the health reasons and everything. And then this whole vegan movement came, and I'm like, oh, these people, I can't agree with them. So anyway, um, but uh, my point is, is that I would always try to push these potatoes. Hey, let's do baked potatoes because the smoked potato is delicious. Well, yeah, and it goes with barbecue. And I it mean, just it really it makes sense, yeah, though. It, it just makes sense yeah. because not everybody wants meat all the time. Especially in today's day and age, Seinfeld did an episode on that. That's true. Where he got made fun of because he ate salad, and the girl he was with ate like a porterhouse. Yeah, she was a protein junkie. Dipped in gorgonzola, yeah. wrapped in a, chi- a chicken, <laughs> Bacon. right? Exactly. So, and that was the woman he was dating, right? Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> what we're going to be bringing to Ribfest in Watford City is another. One of the potatoes of inclusion ideas. Okay. Okay. Now, I haven't gotten the potatoes in yet, but I might. Might do like the root medley. Okay. <laughs> Something okay. along those lines. Right. Well, you know. Some arugula. Well, there's going to be like 10,000 people there. Yeah. I mean, people are going to eat. So, I mean, you. I mean, you, it's the kind of thing where you could sell out real quick. You could probably put Bernays sauce on a shoe and, and people would eat mm, it, you know, when you got 10,000 people. But what, what I'm looking at doing is before the activities start at like 9 a.m., mm-hmm. we're, we're, and we're, and we're going to sponsor it and, and, and make sure that the, the girl gets paid, is we're going to bring yoga to Ribfest. <laughs> yoga in the outfield sponsored by the Crude Life and the Industrial Forest. So just so I'm hearing you right, not the little green dude with not, the Jedi forces? No, no. Okay. no. Yoga. Got yoga. It. I think you might do better with Yoda. So okay. I, I went and I looked and I found... A yogini, which is the female term if you're English, sure. for yoga, gotcha. a yogi, right. for a yogi. And uh, th- there's one in Watford, and I called her, and then it turns out there's two. Okay. But she felt pretty confident that uh, she can get off from work because mm-hmm. not only it's a good idea, and she's trying to build her business, but also it's rib fest, and it's a good cause, and this and that, but... So we, we talked to the Ribfest organizers, and we said, is this something that we can do? And they, they really liked the idea, too. We talked about a bunch of different venues from indoor to outdoor to, you know, okay, you know, on the stage. But, okay, with all the activity going on, is that appropriate? So where we thought maybe the best area would be is out in the outfield. Yeah, I was going to say someplace nice and open. Yeah, right. there, there's a baseball diamond like right next to where the activity is going to be. And so the outfield seems like perfect because the okay. city park apparently is a few blocks away and All right. just some other stuff. So anyway, to me, this is another example of the oil and gas industry saying, yes, we're including new mm-hmm. walks of life. Yeah, we're looking at... We're, well, it's like it, maybe it's like yoga has actually finally started to get out there enough that... Well, it has because, listen, the... the, the I know the, yoga pants have. The, the, the females that are um, in the oil and gas industry, they're going to yoga. Right. They are going to yoga. So why not bring it to an oil and gas event? Well, dude, Although Ribfest is not an oil and gas event, it's a community event. But One Oak is the sponsor. So how do you cook? <laughs> how do you cook that stuff? Coal, baby. You so, cook it with fossil yoga. fuels. Should we should we do like a surrounding of barbecue pits with the yoga? So it's like a hot, smoky <laughs> yoga, and that'd be like fun? a sauna, sweat lodge type. <laughs> well, of thing? hot yoga people. Right. People pay one hundred and fifty bucks to go to hot yoga for an hour. I've heard goat yoga is very. I mean, good. we used to call it, you know, a sauna. A sauna. Just right. go, just go stretch in a sauna or something like that. Goat yoga. We have that by our house. 
Now, when I was a um, kid, if you wanted a jacuzzi, you had to fart in the tub. There's <laughs> a right. <laughs> Put a boat motor in there, right? And, right, get it going, like in major league. Well, you know, I think one way you could bill it too is it's like it's yoga. It's a great way to get the bowels ready to consume a lot of barbecue. Well, now you're just taking the fun right out of it. Although <laughs> there there is a certain position of yoga, see that uh, definitely is a Monty Python trumpets glare. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 breaking <laughs> breaking wind personified. Right. And, and if I'm gassed up, I go right to that position. And Frackleberry Hound leaves immediately. <laughs> she knows that's the single. Yeah. Well, she is a you know. By the way, she caught a. She's uh, kind of a bloodhound. She caught. Well, she's part hound. Yeah. Okay. What did so, she catch today? What was it? A squirrel. Uh, striped gopher. Striped gopher. And a mouse. Okay. And chased up at least fifteen birds. You know, and just, yeah. oh man, just so. <laughs> What she is, well, what is, is, and we do believe. Now, we do have to do the DNA test. In fact, uh, we're going to save that for the fall. Okay, we're going to do the video of the DNA test so on what Frackleberry Hound is. You have to swab her. But right now, what we believe, yeah, there's a swab, is there uh, Visla and Chesapeake. And a Chesapeake is a Newfoundland hound and Spanish water spaniel. Never heard of that one. So they actually they they traced the Chesapeake Bay Retriever okay to the original two, and if you go to Wikipedia, you got a great little history lesson on the on the uh, how they came Chesapeake. About and, right. But essentially, it's a Newfoundland, yeah, and it's a uh, Spanish Water Spaniel. I think is what it is. It's a Spanish Water dog, a terrier. Okay. It's not a terrier. I think it's a spaniel, and it's a hound. It's a water dog. So, you, but you get the you get the uh, you get the oily coat, okay. and the nose of a hound. You get the thick coat of a Newfoundland and the strength to go through the Chesapeake Bay waters, and then you get the water part right. of the of the Spanish water yeah, dog. She's definitely water sealed. And oh man, she's just a champion. Well, actually, like a we're going to breed torpedo. her. So I think we're going to breed her. I think you should, man. So we're trying to figure out what to breed her with, though. And we're maybe a pipeline sniffing dog. Oh, one of the canine. Yeah, could we have a inspections? water? pipeline sniffing dog an underwater pipeline sniffing dog <laughs> i could just picture frackleberry with her little scuba gear rebreather on <laughs> we'll have to check out with uh bc black creek canine pipeline inspections maybe reach out to chewy paws maybe yeah, reach might... out to mick hager as well isn't there like a doggy tinder you know because i'm sure she'd be getting lots of swipes Speaking of Tinder, oh, yeah. are you ready for this? Oh, we got got something good for me? Well, we got a few uh, you know, comments. Studio at thecrudelife.com. Studio at thecrudelife.com about the Tinder tool. Mm-hmm. The unusual position I found myself when I responded to a Tinder date for that coffee. That was awesome. Ended up uh, being in the middle of a lesbian couple breakup because I was used. I was the Tinder tool. It's not, yeah, there's worse things you could do. No, I, I, it was one of the coolest ways yeah. to be used that's ever happened to me. So basically, the girl who was behind the counter, all tattooed up and pierced up, was giving me the stink eye beyond mm-hmm. belief. And the other one was basically shining me up like a dime to show her friend, like, ooh, look at what I can get at any given point. Yeah, look how Swipe awesome. right, swipe left, Bam. wax on, wax Bam. off. <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> show me paint the fence now. So I got me thinking, with all the layoffs Uh and all the uh, hires, 
and all the transitional energy, new beginnings. New beginnings. And by the way, in coming this fall, reverse your life forward. The part you hear at the beginning of every program here, reverse, that's reverse your life forward. That is original, motivational ways to uh, reverse yourself forward to your authentic self. That's coming every day this fall, part of our fall programming. So what we thought about, new professional titles for your for your resume. <laughs> Tinder tool. That got me thinking. Tinder tool. Uh, you know, everybody's coming out. Well, I mean, remember what Governor Burgum did when he got elected governor? He, he called himself the CEO. Lieutenant Governor Sanford was the chief operating That's officer. Right, yeah. He had a chief information guy. Yeah, he it was had a, a business thing. Yeah, yeah. everybody yeah. got a new title. I don't think they do that anymore, but that was like for right away out of the gate. He changed everybody's Generalissimo. title. Yeah, and he didn't officially do it, but it was in some press releases. Well, he's a business some, guy. He was putting yeah. that stamp on it. So, right? you know, we're going to do that too. Um, you know, I was just thinking maybe, you know, IBS friendly. Maybe put that on a resume. I like that, that. You know, I'm IBS friendly. I like you know? that. Well, I'm a cancer survivor, right? Right, and yeah. That's so. old. That's used. Nobody cares if you're a cancer survivor anymore. Old news, man. But IBS friendly, that's different. Okay. I don't even know what it means, but it sounds like official. Well, I maybe an IBS survivor. Okay. I mean, would that be something a little bit more relatable? Yeah, I think survivor, yeah. Well, singer, song, reader. A lot of people put like karaoke expert. No, singer, song, reader. <laughs> Singer song reader. Right. You get up there and you're the singer song reader. That's awesome. So I mentioned the IBS friendly or IBS survivor. Gout survivor. Gout survivor. You can get someone's attention Woo! with that. I survived yes. gout. I don't know that you want to advertise that. That's like, you know, it's like saying something about herpes or something. Okay, how about this one? Unaccredited acting coach. <laughs> I want to know if anybody's reading these resumes, right? Unlicensed Let's doctor. Just, could you see that at these meetings? Well, he's an unaccredited acting coach. We got to get him. He's so like he's so good. He doesn't even need correct spelling. Oh man, Look at this. He, he's misspelled the word. He's not just a gay dog trainer. He's a heterosexual <laughs> or a homosexual fashion designer. or something. Totally too, right. right? <laughs> he's a, right. He's a heterosexual plant designer. There you go. You to, right. Yeah. Exactly. You just start throwing enough terms out there and pronouns, and you're believable. <laughs> a transgender transitional. <laughs> I can't even think of the last word now. Shoot. Before my wife was my wife, and she was living with her best friend, and they are, you know, they were been friends since like fourth grade. They called themselves heterosexual life partners, right? <laughs> Transitional. Wait, okay, hang on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Oh. recover, recover. Transitional transgender. Testosterone. I don't know what's next. Dang it. Okay. I got, we got one more T we got to get. Dang it. Okay. So we'll work, on, we that. We'll work on that. Send us a story. Send us a. Uh, so, yeah, if, if folks, if you've got a great title for the modern day resume, a lot of people are looking for work right now. So, we're just trying to help them out, really. Right? We're just trying to help them out. Yes. Well, you're just, people are working from home now. Right. I mean, is there is there people that can be like, you know, I can multitask, I can zoom and make an omelet? Right, literally. Is is that a skill? Yeah. Well, it, it, some people make money on YouTube doing that. Right. Okay. Right. That, and that's another thing. Oh boy, did you get to that email yet? No. Oh wow. Oh, you got to read it to me. Come on. Oh, the one where give the, me the gist. Oh, the come on. 
So the person that went in and they went and they looked at their their staff social media and they they didn't even have the company name on on the professional LinkedIn site. That's right. Okay. So here this this oh when you get to that email you're gonna be you're gonna be blown away. Oh, come on, I gotta read. Come on. So it it in, in a nutshell it is that th- this business owner is extremely upset that they feel that they have just paid someone to stay home and try to become an influencer online because at their their title their budget has nothing to do with the company yeah. they work for. Well I know you've been hearing that more and more from what the you know CEOs and managers where they're they're looking at their employees going, you're building your brand on my back. Right? Exactly. Yeah. You're building your brand on my back and to the tune to where they're not even giving the company that's paying the check any sort of recognition on LinkedIn, which is specifically for yeah. prof- I get the Facebook. Hey, Facebook. Right. If but you, there is no separation but, anymore. No, there, there is. is. There is. If, if, really. If, well, if you let your employees on Facebook during the day, that's on you, business owner. Yeah, exactly. That's on you. How do you But keep if them you off? let them on LinkedIn, that's different. Oh, trust me. The social media, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Policy? That's coming. That's oh. part of this ESG, baby. Is going to be a social media policy. That's going to be a whole new part of the 21st century. The last time I worked for a company, this would have been over a decade ago. So this was this was a long time ago in, te- in social media standards, right? They didn't even have a social media department at that point. But yeah, they had a social media policy. You know, you couldn't if you had a MySpace or I think Facebook was just coming around. You you couldn't post anything about the company. You know, right. you weren't supposed. To, you know, so it's been basic stuff. I'm sure it's gotten worse. Well, but, what right, but what's but it, happening now is people are starting to see when they're posting, what time of the day, what they're posting for who. Right. And they're starting to look at some of the, you know, like, oh, well, what what are they doing with their day? You well, know? I never got on LinkedIn, but it seemed like everybody was trying to get me on LinkedIn, pinging me for LinkedIn, and then it became a joke. Right, at least in, in what I'd hear about it, and it's like so they've embraced that now, and we're like, yeah, we're just like Facebook for for, for business. I talked to somebody last week who got let go, and in their opinion, they said it was because of they treated LinkedIn like Facebook, and their owner did not like it because LinkedIn was supposed to get business and leads and jobs, yeah. Yeah. and they were busy posting, hey, look at me at this, look at me here, look at me here. Well, see, I think that's the problem is that is that it's we, all selfies. We're living in that sort of generational moment where people that is how they promote everything but, is a self promotion. But how does that get business? That's but I mean it's like a I, I'm not excusing it, but it's like a, a it's like a, a self feeding loop, right? Because you you don't have a lot of confidence that your business is going to be around, your employer is going to keep you. You know, there's not that same sort of job security you might have had 10, 20 years ago. So you're thinking, I got to look out for myself, right? So there's that company doesn't trust the employee, employee doesn't trust the company. What happens, man? Well, and then what even happens is that dogs and cats living together. People, when they come in to a new job, they're coming in saying, oh, look at the network I'm bringing in. Right. Okay. Well, now business owner A is talking to business owner B and saying, yeah, they're bringing in that network because I funded it. Yeah, it was on my back. Yeah, you know, it was it, without it, they they couldn't have gone to all those different conferences. They couldn't have gone to all those different meetings. 
because I was the one that wrote the check for all well, that. Well, lead generation back in the in the pre digital era was sacred cow stuff. Man. Totally, I mean, it was the Glen oh, Gary leads. I mean, man, there's a whole movie on it. Right? Glen Gary, Glen Ross, <laughs> always be closing. ABC, yeah, baby. Right. These are the Glengarry leads, and you do not get them because they would be wasted on you, right? So they keep them in a safe, right? So it's not like everybody has – there was a meritocracy involved in that business. It was cutthroat, but it was based purely on merit. Not only was it cutthroat, people would do personal damage to property to get those leads. Yeah. If we just had the leads, baby, we right, just had right. the leads. If we just had the leads. If we just had this and we just had but this. But now everybody thinks they're the Glengarry leads. Everybody totally. thinks they're the hot lead. Everybody thinks that their network is going to save the world. Don't we just bitter? No, because I have no bitter. network. No, it's this kombucha I'm drinking <laughs> that, this morning. Where's my coffee, man? That's, That's why, why I'm bitter. bitter. Is that? <laughs> but we got to take a quick pause. When we come back, we're going to do some news, news a few news, other news. things. Oh yeah, all kinds of stuff happening here. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, some fun stuff. Yeah, so you man. haven't gotten to that. There's, by the way, there's several of them. As well, I'm going to well. start going through these. And things. oh, the emails are going to be remarkable. Starting September, fan mail. When we when we start doing the the programming starting September, folks, we're, we're going to have a little bit more of a plan behind some of these emails that we're getting in. That wait till you see the one about the narcissists and things like that. It's just Ooh. it's juicy like a steak on the Fourth of July, baby. Woo! I don't even know what that means, but uh, that is Sterling. My name is Jason Spees. We'll see you in a few, folks. We'll be back. Mike and the fine folks at MyPillow are changing the game once again with their six-piece towel set. This set is made with USA cotton, making it extremely absorbent, yet still provides that soft feel you look for in a towel. The set comes with a two-bath, two-hand towel, two-washcloth, typically retailing for $109.99, but for a limited time, you can get this for the low price of $39.99 with the promo code OTIS. That's O-T-I-S. Remember, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the Radio Listener Specials to get this insanely low price of $39.99 on the towel set. You'll find deep discounts on all other MyPillow products as well. Enter the promo code OTIS or call 800-598-5268 for these amazing Energized Specials. The music heard on the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard, is by the Moody River Band. Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. The Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard, is sponsored in part by Chewy Paws. All-natural elk, deer, moose, and caribou antler chews for dogs. USA-sourced premium quality and no preservatives. They love what we do in oil and gas, and all profits go to the dogs. That's Chewy Paws. Check out their website, ChewyPaws.com. That's ChewyPaws with a Z.com. The Crude Life, Play Hard, Work Hard, is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. 
Trust, First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. Play hard, work hard. Now, let's play hard. Welcome back to the Crude Life Play Hard, Work Hard Morning Show. My name is Jason Spies. That is Sterling. I forgot to mention fantasy football. That's, that's right. That's why I was kind of uh, tiptoeing there because I know I had a few more things to talk about. But uh, 16 teams, mm-hmm. free, live draft online, and we're going to print the results. And we're just going to, you know, we're, we're, we're going to sports, 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 sports every Friday. So we're going to have updates and probably team managers will interview. Get, you know, maybe a little smack talk from time to time. And uh, anyway. do you Not knowing anything about the current draft class that came into the league, but do you see anybody that was playing last year that you expect to have a breakout year? Anybody? Oh, I think uh, there's uh, quite a few Washington Redskins that can have a breakout year. That offense is really set up to be explosive. Well, and now they've got, uh, what's his name? Fitzpatrick. Uh, Fitz, Fitzmagic, man. That's so, why. You know, I, I've loved him since he played with the Bills, and I've watched him have magic, and then I've watched him just do that Brett Favre thing where he just throws an interception at the worst possible time. Well, that's what I mean. They, they got the potential because they, they've got, like, three of the five fastest guys in the league on there yeah. as wide receivers. So they could just line, line them up in different areas and just try right. to outrun the – sling it down Yeah, there. outrun the safety, outrun the cornerback, sling it. Nice. Well, it's three three times on that, and it's a touchdown, right? I mean, well, and what was it's, the, it's uh, kind of the, the Rams uh, uh, Rams running back out for the season already? Cam Akers, Achilles tear. Yep. I Cam heard off site, yeah. right? Yep. So yeah, so that's that's got to put a stint because didn't they just pick up uh, what's his name from Detroit, Stafford, the QB? They yeah, they got yeah, a trade so it'll be there. An interesting season. So it's 16 company teams, live online draft. You get your company logo on the helmet. It's free of charge. Uh, we're doing it just to have some fun. But basically, if you're a uh, one of the teams that wants to be in it or are in it, you get 18 weeks of free promotional fun. fun. You know, Social media, a little, well, radio too. That's right, because we're going to talk about the it on podcast, the podcast, on the radio show, on the podcast. That's right, and now we've got some news to do here, so we should probably get cracking. Yeah, we're going to start off in our local backyard here. This is from the Star Tribune. Headline is, Oil Field Worker Shortage Affecting Industry Comeback in North Dakota. State's oil chief concerned about sparse fracking crews as oil output flattens. So I think we were just talking a little bit about this. Okay. 
So that was the word Tuesday from Lynn Helms, North Dakota's Mineral Resources Director, as the state released anemic gains in oil output for May. Oil companies are trying to hire with all their might, but they are not finding employees in the industry who want to come back, Helms said, referring to oil field workers who left North Dakota after oil jobs dried up in 2020. North Dakota pumped 1.13 million barrels of oil per day in May, up less than a half percent from April. It was as flat as a pancake, Helms told reporters. Natural gas production was up 1% during the same time. So, I, I, there's a lot of different things I find peculiar about this. There's a lot of areas I kind of scratch my head. There's areas I disagree. Um, I'm not... It's a small number. We've we're up apparently from fifteen to nineteen new rigs. Well, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with any of that. It, the 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 fact that the workers don't want to come back here. I don't know if that's the truth. Yeah. There's plenty of workers that'll come back here. Maybe they're just not being paid what they were before. So well, is is that part of the issue? Because what I find to be very interesting is that there are businesses that did not get any COVID money, any CARES Act money, and they gave it to companies who apparently didn't have workers in place. They gave it to companies that didn't have the business in place. So now you have companies like, okay, take the crude life, for example. I've got three workers I could hire tomorrow. Like they're ready. They are ready to go to work, but we just don't have the resources for it. Right. So if I would have gotten some CARES Act COVID money, I could have hired them. And guess what? There's a demand for it. And we actually have the business that is coming and the momentum to satisfy that. Yeah. What happened is the government in North Dakota took over the marketplace. And now they're trying to say that the workers <laughs> aren't going to come back. Well, well, some companies are shutting down their business because... Some businesses that have have things to do, but if they're not getting the proper funding to keep mm-hmm. going, well, they're supposed to shut down their business and go take a minimum wage business. They're supposed to be, you know, it sounds like a lack of incentives. That's what they're saying here in this article. It says that the shale oil industry in Texas and New Mexico has come back stronger than North Dakota, and that's been absorbing a lot of the oil field workers. And those workers might also prefer the warmer climates of the Southwest or North Dakota. There's some concern that this could be a long-term trend, Helms said, adding that it would take some pay and housing incentives to lure oil field workers back to North Dakota. I'm really confused because I thought these workers, I thought these oil companies were given money by the state in order to go cap wells. So they don't have workers to do that? I guess not. Well, I, I'm, I'm really con- confused. Well, you should write them a letter, man. See if we can get them on the line. How retro. <laughs> Letter to the editor. Man shouts at cloud. Well, this is going to have to be, you know what? This will be part of the ESG University, man, because this there's so many questions in here that make no sense whatsoever to me. I mean, we're talking millions and millions of dollars here. And well, and they don't really, you know, the, all they brush on is the the current price of oil, which the average was apparently about sixty five. No, 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 high seventy five. Th- that's all smokescreen. That's what I'm saying. Is that's, that's all they give as a what? rationale for why they need more workers. Now. No, it doesn't even matter why. No, it doesn't even matter why. Are you telling me that I'm not telling these you anything, oil dude. companies don't have workers? Of course they have workers. No, they have plenty of workers. 
But, you know, this goes back, too, to what we talked about a couple of years ago when North Dakota was, you know, feeling like they were going to be on top of the world forever and ever with this stuff when you had $100 oil. You know what? This is offensive. This article is offensive. Wow. Yes, it is offensive, and we need to move on before I get myself in trouble because <laughs> the, the more and more I think about this and the things that you just said that they said in this article in the Star mm-hmm. Tribune, it is offensive to many business owners out there who have poured their heart and soul into this industry. And it is, at, you know what, next story, All absolutely right. offensive. Right. This will be part of the ESG University. Absolutely. Alrighty. Well, let's go on to Reuters then on some ESG news here for you. So according to, this is from, our headline is, ESG is more than just a new burden for compliance. Compliance departments are tackling an expanding universe of responsibilities as environmental, social, and governance issues and potential regulations have emerged as a critical priority within organizations. So the addition of ESG to the growing and complex list of compliance responsibilities, including cybersecurity and data privacy, have raised concerns with some compliance experts about mission creep. It has prompted questions about exactly where responsibility for a firm's ESG efforts and commitment should lie. This sounds definitely like something we need ESGU for, right? Well, what they're talking about is the devil in the details because that's what's going on right now. I mean, at the end of the day, we're at the one yard line for the ESG movement because, first of all, the game's going. The the, the game has started. So anybody trying to resist this trend, it's wasted energy. (laughs) What you need to divert your energy to is the devil in the details right now and getting your part of the narrative. Yeah, it's a game that started, but the rules are being written. Totally, and that's why we're, yeah. we're not even at the one-yard line. Yeah. We're, we're, the game is started, but we just got on the field, and they're about ready to do the coin toss and give us the, you know, give us the rules of the game. Yeah, The rules of the game are going to be here next year. They've already said they're going to be here in 2022. Well, you keep looking, you keep hearing about 2030 as this this target date for Shell, for for the American government, for their EV vehicles. I mean, 2030 has suddenly become, it's the moonshot. It's less than 10 years, right? Well, sure, because then then they can figure out a new way to get us to buy into another 10-year fear that we got to take care of. Well, Y2K, you know, they learned a lot during Y2K. (laughs) Well, that's, that, you know, they... They were saying that planes were going to fall out of the sky. Yeah, I remember. During Y2K. Oh, the bunker movement? Man, they made a small fortune, didn't oh, they? Oh, dude, the, the preppers and the, the... That was the start of the prepper movement right uh, there. I think really of it being uh, commercialized on that scale. Oh, absolutely it was. Totally. That's where Alex Jones got his uh, whole audience. Supplements. Oh, absolutely. That was the birth of Alex pancakes, Jones. Man. Yeah. No, it really was because it was, it was one of those conspiracies where... It was true in the sense that they didn't know what kind of problems there were going to be, so that just allowed the imagination to run rampant. It allowed everybody to have a narrative. So Y2K, exactly. And Y2K is a great um, analogy for the environmental uh, uh, climate activism, actually, because what you just said is exactly right. You don't know what was going to happen, Mm -hmm. so you're talking about the future. Yeah. We're talking about the future here. But the Y2K had an end date, okay? Right, that was the problem, right? right? <laughs> Whereas climate change, it's, it's gone through global cooling, global warming. It's gone through four or five different morphs since Earth Day when mm-hmm. it really kind of started with Earth Day, right? Yeah. So you've gone through these, these different morphs. But 
where the parallel becomes even more so is Y2K was solved by the private sector. You know, really is the banking industry mm-hmm. that really spent the investment and, and the energy because they had the most to lose. The banking industry had the most to lose. So they really were the ones that invested the most money. The government is the one who took all the credit after it was done. Because who's going to advertise, hey, look at us. Right. We're Wells Fargo. We just spent $8 billion fixing a problem because our guys back in the 70s when they transferred punch cards to computer forgot to do a four digit. <laughs> well, that's that, that, that's why it was kind of the simplest version of it. You remember Office Space? That was the whole... That was his whole job was basically replacing digits for Y two K. That was the, that was the job. That, I remember actually around that time, some of my computer friends, you know, guys that had done websites and stuff, suddenly got work at these companies where they were just auditing things, right? But this is a popular thing the government likes to do is they like to jump on a movement that's already happening. So the the private sector, the banking industry, was taking care of Y two K. They were well aware of the problem. They were taking care of it. But the government jumped on their coattails and took took advantage of that momentum and acted like they were the leaders of it, and they weren't. There's all kinds of studies that have yeah. been done on that, all kinds of studies. And I believe it was the banking industry that was the primary uh, investors and leaders behind the whole But, you know, people like the, like the prepper industry and the, you know, the survivalists and stuff like that, that's where it really got a chance to take off because it was so much in the news. It wasn't just debunked stuff on a black and white tabloid magazine in the shopping store they made it sound like time machines were going to open up and game of thrones was going to open up on our ass i mean don't dragons were going to be coming i don't remember hearing about i wish i I mean zombies at least you know walking dead or something i don't know but what's the next news story you don't want to talk anymore about esg oh no we can oh i was just going to say one of the things they talk about is that a challenge faced by the compliance departments is that the esg concepts are still evolving and nebulous, right? So here's honestly the be- one of the things that we're going to talk about with ESGU is um, in our practice round we're doing in August to the live crowd. Oh, and these are all you know young professionals. Is as we're going to talk about asbestos and how you know thirty years ago, forty is it forty now in the eighties? Yeah. Oh my god, yeah, forty, 40 years, years ago, ago yeah. if your house had asbestos in it. It was like ET was there. They they would breaking bad, you know, right. seal this thing yeah. over. Yeah. Men in ma- space suits suits would show up for a week, and they would have you know all kinds of whatever for the yeah, asbestos remediation or whatever it was called. Yep. Now you know a guy shows up with a COVID mask and you know a super vacuum and just sucks out the tiles or whatever it is it's right. just it's like a half a day work for some guy and he's not in a spacesuit by any means well you know the interesting thing about asbestos that i see in my job is that a lot of times what the epa recommends is is leave it alone right, right. just right. leave it in place cover it up with something new new flooring new insulation Be- because when you open it it's the air. It's the it's the it's a friable state. When it's, it's it's yeah, and that's why you have to have spacesuits. But now they have like super vacuums, and yeah. they can keep better the, filters. Yeah, they can keep the room sealed and different yeah. things along those lines. But my point is, thirty years ago, forty years ago, it was men in spacesuits. Mm-hmm. It was anxiety. It was hysteria. To now, it's a shoulder shrug. We'll we'll schedule it in on Wednesday afternoon. Right, right. That's ESG. 
okay? The other part is insider trading. So in the same way that they uncovered a lot of the things with insider trading, that's the other part of this that they're going to take a look at now. Who's on board of directors? Where are they going? Who yeah. are they emailing? Are they Access, all these different things. So it's, 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 those are two very quick examples of where this ESG movement is going. Yeah, and on the other side of it, you've got the weird pressures that are coming from within the industry, groups like Shell, Exxon, you know. Where, Who's, go ahead, sorry. Oh, just where, where you're starting to see people on the boards of those companies are the one that are pushing the companies to be even more transparent. And right. a great way is uh, who's who's the um, oh what's her nuts? No one likes that's a Democrat. Um, the the top Democrat Pelosi, yes. Nancy Pelosi. Mm-hmm. Didn't her and her staff get in trouble for some insider trading recently for some tech stocks? Right before they they bought tech stocks before they voted and approved some tech company that got a big bid. I want to say this was like last month, okay? Oh, I didn't hear hear anything. It was all over the headline, Yahoo and and ESPN and all the ones I go to, right? Okay. Look it up. I'm sure it's in there. Yeah. That's ESG. But imagine that in the private sector now. So in the same way that the politicians have been kind of held their feet to the fire, Mm -hmm. because of the, I guess, it's easy now to get public records and past you know, documents and this and that. Shareholders are demanding that stuff. They, yeah. They, they, yeah, that transparency. Share, shareholders want to know yep. if their executives are, do, are are any part of some sort of insider trading deal because they want to be a part of it. Well, you it's know, not we, that they disapprove. Yeah. They, they want in on it. They, well, and they, they, want it, they want in on it, and then they'll change the rules so that only they can do it. But, you know, the thing about uh, we act surprised when a politician and it's usually it's only one we disagree with if it's somebody we agree with we generally turn a blind eye to most activities right but if it's somebody we disagree with we instantly vilify them and think the worst about them but at the same time we ask i mean we we do it to ourselves man we we put ourselves in a position where only the most powerful and influential people ascend to these levels of power so Nancy Pelosi might not be doing inside trading, but her husband might, and okay. her husband has information that comes from her. So it's like there we go. Okay, it's, so it's this corruption that we. Why are we surprised? We should pause. It was House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband yeah. cashed in on big tech just as Congress was set to pounce. Yep. That's from Fortune dot com. Yep. So, but you see what I mean to where I, you know, because of the headlines, yeah. I get them all mixed well, up. Well, no, it's it, because it's... You hey, could, man, they're married, right? Right. Two is one. Right. Two well, is that's, one. That's the thing is that we, like I said, if you don't like Nancy Pelosi, then this is an evil act. If you like Nancy Pelosi, this is like, what? Right? right. That's the problem is that if you're doing it, it's okay. If I'm doing it, it's wrong. Instead of it should just be wrong. So what should it be? If, if, if you are the uh, spouse of the friggin' third in line natural, you know, the secession of the president, maybe you have to divest yourself. Maybe that's a sacrifice you have to make because your wife is serving. Maybe that would take some of those people out of the game and put people in that actually want to serve and not just, you know, it was kind of like uh, my, my favorite example is when um, it was a Trump who wrote a check for Vince McMahon's chair. No, it was Vince McMahon and Linda McMahon wrote a check to Trump before Trump has his charity started. 
<laughs> just to like give you an idea how rigged some nonprofit right. stuff is but it was like something that you even had to like you know go through a vetting right. process and stuff well trump's charity got awarded the money before it was even created and so that's the way to do it yeah there was anyway it was it that's was the way to right do when it, he man. first was running for president <laughs> that came out and laughed so hard because of course they go back to wrestlemania four Right, but Vince I mean, and Trump do so. They're, but that's they're, that. It's that good old boy stuff. Right, and, that, and that's what this is. Right? It's it's Nancy Pelosi's husband. Yep. You know, over over breakfast and oatmeal, saying, mm-hmm. "Oh, honey, make sure you go buy Cisco today because they're going to get the big vote. You'll make four million dollars." Well, you know what? It, it it could be the blatant as that, but it could also be as innocent as it's. He's talking about stuff that goes on, and he's privy to that. That shouldn't be allowed to happen. Oh, I, right? eleven million he got. Never yeah. mind. So yeah, I mean that kind of stuff. It doesn't surprise me, and it just it just swings back and forth. It's a politician you like, you don't really care. It's a politician you don't like, it's evil, right? But having that kind of information, mm-hmm. he made five million dollars yeah, profit on the alphabet off of an eleven million dollar buy. Think of that. Okay, first of all, to have that information, you take out risk. Mm-hmm. But then you have to have $11 million to go get five. Mm-hmm. That is an incredible buy-in, but the return is $5 million. Yeah. That is generational empowerment. Absolutely. For five families. Yeah, yeah you think about and and and, they, much, and they did it on a Tuesday to Wednesday. Yeah, that money was instantly created, that, that same wealth that and would they take generations. It, and they to just build. shuffled it on their phone. Yeah. Just exactly. shuffled it on their phone. Yeah. So, folks, there you go. ESG, right there in a nutshell. But I think one of the things about Americans is that we, we sort of have this belief that someday we're going to be on top and we're going to be the rich ones. We're going to win that lottery. We're going to get that job. We're going to sell that movie well, idea. I think, I think most people are giving up on that now. No, no, no. But, but we still, even if we don't believe it, subconsciously we get offended when somebody gets, you know, we're like, no, we don't want to make rules against that. What if I get rich? I, I think though, I don't want to pay those taxes. But at the root, though, it's that it's as simple as this: do not take away someone else's opportunity, because then you'll take away mine. Right. And that's really what it is at the root. So let's let's do the next. What story. kind of opportunity is that? Right. Okay. Fun story. Texas, because Texas is kind of like the Australia of America when it comes to creatures that want to kill you. Summer rains bring acid-shooting land lobsters out of hiding in Texas. you got to see a picture of these things, man. These frightening creatures go by various names. Some call them whip scorpions, while one journalist at the Houston Chronicle called the insect a land lobster from hell. Huh. Despite their hellish appearance, the nocturnal, visually impaired creatures pose relatively little harm to humans. In fact, they are good at killing pests like cockroaches and millipedes brought out of their burrows by heavy rains in and around Big Bend National Park and approximately three inch long. They're out exploring the desert in search of food and love. But they also... Food and love. They also use heavy pincers and can shoot a well-aimed concoction of 85% acidic acid from the base of their whip-like tails. Are you sure this is a real story? This, this is, real is not story. some... This is some AccuWeather, man. You're not going to catfish me with some porn story here, are you? Because the start, I, I was believing in the beginning, but now all of a sudden you're starting to use language that's getting you know, a little... You know what their the, actual name in is, is Vine Garoons. Yeah, it's not helping out either. There you go. <laughs> so, unfortunately, I was hoping when I read the headline that it was going to be like alien acid for blood and, you know... 
you got to go kill them and they're five feet long, but no, apparently they're not. You know, it's interesting though with this, you get these, uh, I got a bunch of family lives in Tucson, Arizona, and this is the monsoon season, but they have been getting just a ton of rain, right? Up here, we're going through a drought. In fact, I just read that you guys are on a water uh, schedule now here in Moorhead. You're only allowed to water on the whatever your house number that oh, even, I had no idea. even or odd day. Yeah. Oh, I had you no better idea. pay attention because if your neighbor turns you in, it's about a $300 fine. No kidding. No kidding. Well, my neighbors will probably do that, yeah. especially the climate activists next door. <laughs> of course, now we got the MyPillow bond. Hey, you don't- See, that's what the industrial force in the crude life is all about. It's about finding those little ways to have conversations, whether it's a, a ESG potato, whether it's a MyPillow, whether it's a straw. Her, um, his wife pre-ordered some straws, pre-ordered straws. Bamboo ones? She's all about the straws. and all Her blue hair, she's all about the straws. Actually, my man. wife told me I need to buy a pack from you, too. So. Damn right, yeah. damn right. And we're going to be rolling those out, folks, too, so... So what's going on with these lobsters then? Well, are, apparently are they, are they're they just steaming them. No, apparently what what happened? Eat them? No, they're only about three inches long, right? Oh. But kind of like the cicadas, they have their time when they come out and do their thing. And this is now, but it's been the summer rains and the monsoon season is basically just causing them to whoop, appear. Well, that's what I'm wondering if, if it's steaming them because up in the uh, Washington, oh, geez, I read about that. Yeah, they were clams. They, a lot of the clams and, and uh, small little crabs are getting steamed. Literally because cooked. It was getting so hot so fast. Yeah, they they, they weren't used to getting in and out of that. You know, that's a bad sign when I read they just put out the fire in the Gulf of Mexico where the, the ocean was on fire. Yep. But when the ocean's on fire and when seafood is boiling in the ocean, is that how it ends? That's just that how they're, it ends. They're, they're just, coming out to party? Just talking out. They're coming out to get their love on, but that they do have acid uh, that can be a little bit... It's not venom, venomous, but it can be... Uh, you know what I took from that story? Hmm. Even crabs have Mardi Gras. Even though, this generally, pe- that's where you get crabs, you is get at Mardi Gras. She's <laughs> counting on you. the crude life morning show play hard work hard is by the moody river band mike's now changing the game with a six-piece towel set this towel set is made with usa cotton making it extremely absorbent yet still provides that soft feel that we all look for in a towel this set comes with a two bath two hand towel two washcloth typically retailing for $109.99 but for a limited time you can get this low price of $39.99 with the promo code Otis. That's O-T-I-S. Remember all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener specials to get this insanely low price of $39.99 on the towel set. You will find other deep discounts on the MyPillow products as well. Enter the promo code OTIS or call 800-598-4268 for these great all-American energized specials. The Crude Life, the most trusted voice in energy. On the phone, talking with us today, Chairman Christy Craddock of the Texas Railroad Commission. We are the oil and gas regulator, but we do pipelines and pipeline safety inspections for the state of Texas. We have roughly 470,000 miles of 
interstate and intrastate pipelines in Texas, and roughly another 500,000 miles of gas utilities. We have a lot of pipe in Texas. We're the largest pipe state by a six. It's an important part of what goes on in the state, and safety is, is really important, obviously, to all of us. Absolutely. You know, the, the oil and gas industry has always been environmentally focused. I mean, of President Biden's administration that this is Obama-Biden 2.0 plus. And the rate at which we've seen the executive orders flying off the president's desk is taking America back, taking jobs back, and putting us in a detrimental position. But as the attorneys general for a number of states, we are pushing back. Um, from the Department of Transportation, that Permian, the Permian Basin has some of the um, most deadly roads of anywhere in the country. We average a fatality per day. That is absolutely unacceptable, and we need to do better. Uh, we just want to thank everybody that has been so supportive of us, and especially you, Jason. Without without your help, I don't think our event would be as successful as it is. I went out there on my first rig move, and I was like, wow, I'm permitting all these loads, getting trucks going, load go, and I don't even know what half the stuff was. So when I finally got to go on the rig, I was like, wow, I was amazed. I was truly amazed of how this process is. No, I wasn't expecting any olive branch at all. Uh, the Democrat Party has decided that they don't like oil and natural gas, and uh, they were clear that they're going to go after us. I, I don't think that's any surprise. My name is Jenica, and today we get to talk with Amy Andrzak of the Interstate Natural Gas Association of Americas. Amy is the president and CEO. How are you doing today? I would say my my interest in this arena started more from an interest in politics and advocacy, more so than an interest specifically in the energy industry. Well, the first the, the first advice that I that I want to give is, ladies, put your clothes on, okay? If you want to be taken seriously, put your clothes on, which that's a whole other podcast topic. It's a funny thing, what I think sometimes is just really ironic. I'll, I used to pull into the office and I would see some of my colleagues driving electric cars and things like that. And I'm like, how do you work for a large oil and gas company? And we pull in an electric car. So, I mean, even us, I mean, even in our, in our circles, we can see that things are changing. Actually, you are on the money. Back in 2014 and 15, when we first started approaching our management team at Whiting, our reasoning for wanting to engage in ESG is that we had great stories to tell. We all like living the crude life, so. <laughs> Play hard, work hard. Now let's work hard. Thank you for joining the program here today in route back from Qatar and Turkey via Fargo to Bismarck. Boy, you just keep planes, trains, and automobile in it, don't you, sir? Trying to drive the economy, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no pun intended. Well, what's going on today now? You just got back from uh, Turkey Guitar. My guess is you're probably briefing people, huh? Well, actually, I'm in a, I, I just finished a meeting with the grain dealers this morning and to the afternoon. Then I uh, had a trade office board meeting. Just finished that, and I'm en route to Bismarck because I have another event uh, this evening. So, yeah, no no mosses growing under this rock. No. Well, let's talk about the reason that you went over to Qatar and Turkey. It was obviously to further and strengthen some relationships with Qatar and uh, Turkey with their 
economy and agriculture department as well, I would imagine, but also energy. So what, what happened in the world of energy? You also sit on the Industrial Commission, so you had a, a yeah. lot of different perspectives from it. Yeah, there's, uh, well, in fact, because of my duties and responsibilities, I touch uh, business development, uh, water, uh, infrastructure, energy, oil and gas, transmission, plus uh, agriculture is about 40% of my portfolio, believe it or not. But it is, uh, it gives you an interesting perspective when you're sitting at the table visiting with them. So most of what we were dealing with were government-to-government meetings. Um, There is some aspect to what they do within their government that looks at foreign direct investment that considers other projects in multiple areas around around the world. And with North Dakota, since we're so diverse, they were interested to know some of our, our biorefineries, uh, renewable projects, uh, carbon projects, things like that. I think they... Uh, they were a bit intrigued and interested and wanted to know more about it. And it takes time before one really decides what they want to do and how they want to move forward in their portfolio. Uh, others have asked, you know, so are they interested in the oil and gas industry? Well, the reality is they have oil and gas interest in their own country. They're, they're not necessarily interested unless there's something unique that comes to the forefront on it. That's not to say that they wouldn't be in the future. Uh, maybe there's something that piqued their interest. But the other part of it is uh, we took some companies along that do deal with ethanol production, that deal with uh, waste into energy, that deal also with unmanned aerial systems. And those are things that can benefit and provide value, you know, not only in their country, but it's also an opportunity to look at maybe some potential investment going forward. How about the net? Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to mention also, they have a very unique structure over there also. They have uh, a government agency and entity that it's uh, kind of a food agency within the government. And although they don't compete with the private sector in the event because of food security this organization this this agency will go out and procure food simply based on the fact that uh, they can't have disruptions they they need continuity and consistency in their system so they have at times intervened when the price has gotten too high, or at least the private sector has said, well, we can't, we can't buy these products or we can't do anything about the price because it's too high. They'll actually go out and procure a product for the local market. They'll, they'll, you know, then sell it into uh, the retail or the wholesale level so that they can at least put uh, stability into the prices on food. That was interesting. And uh, we did share with them the numerous commodities that are grown in North Dakota, some of which are staples in their diet. And 
you know, they'll they'll certainly consider it. Like they said, price is a component. Quality is definitely a component. And if you can align both of those things, uh, there's some real potential. So we'll see where that goes also. Wanted to ask you about natural gas and uh, some of the oil and gas activity out there as well, but uh, did, did want to just ask about the ag side of things because one of the trips I remember that you've done or that, that you went on or you were a part of at least uh, in some capacity was, I want to, was it Bosnia or where, where was it you guys were introducing beef because horse meat was their number one? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan, that's it, yeah. yeah. There's, uh, there's a few other countries where, you know, beef may not be real prevalent and they have to rely on local supply of uh, goat and sheep, which are big in a lot of our countries around the world. Mm-hmm. Chicken's also another one. But, yeah, in that situation, uh, Kazakhstan is a big beef eater and, they have a limited amount of it, so they're slowly building uh, capacity in their country. That that was one of the uh, actual real world modern day examples that educated me. I mean, you guys were bringing Weber grills over there, teaching them how to grill because they were <laughs> they, they were boiling horse meat and all these other things. And well, it, it, you know, for what was I probably I don't know. 30 years old or 35 years old as a journalist, that opened my eyes like, whoa, this is modern day here we're talking about. And so, you know, that's an example of uh, North Dakota being a uh, global leader in a lot of different ways. Uh, The the other, I just wanted to mention that horse meat and the beef story. Are are they beef in Qatar or is that primarily uh, chicken and goat? So, uh, sheep. Sheep. Some beef. They do beef, Um, okay. Yeah, they you will find beef, you will find uh, sheep. Uh, didn't have any goat this time, definitely no. chicken. Chicken seems to be the staple all over the world, probably because it can be raised in very in a very small environment. It can also be raised locally, domestically, and uh, it's generally very affordable. So, And it has a, a quick turnaround. Uh, Depending on where you're at, how they're being produced, raised, uh, you can look at, you know, a timeline of 80 days to 110 days, just depending on the nutritional quality of the feed, things like that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's interesting. You, you mentioned uh, that a lot of Qatar has a lot of their own oil and gas reserves and supplies and and everything where where America or American companies and oil companies, at least from my understanding, where they were doing a lot of their work in Qatar was helping them build infrastructure, pipelines, and just getting their their oil and gas infrastructure uh, ready. You know, mobile comes to mind. Exxon comes to mind. Um, Exxon. Exxon was it? Okay, yeah. Talk to me they a little were bit. The first ones back in the seventies to actually, you know. Uh, develop their oil and gas reserves and if you think about it just 40 50 years ago these were bedouins they lived in tents mm-hmm. uh, their cities now have new streets new buildings um, yeah it, it's and in fact somebody you know the people designing the engineers and the architects 
never thought about sidewalks and and what space should look like so people can move. So they've actually built uh, buildings and blocks without any sidewalks, and uh, they've now caught themselves, and they're having to go back in and try to redesign some areas, and especially new construction now has sidewalks into it. I know it's hot over there, but there are times that people will go out and walk or at least need to move from point A to point B, and it may not be very far, and, and we'll do that. Has there, has there government talked about this, uh, you know, the, the global climate change pressures or the divestment away from oil and gas? I mean, you just mentioned, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, tents were real. That, that was a real thing over there. And the quality of their life has just, well, people can see it in one lifetime. They can see how much it's just exponentially changed. We can see it in North Dakota on some of the reservations for real, too. Some of the Native American reservations, we've been able to see the, the quality of life increase exponentially. Yeah. How's their government handling this kind of this pressure from the climate activism and all that stuff? So you realize that in their country, they don't have much of that. Um, because they're they're still very well aware that they once lived in tents just one generation ago and food security is a big deal economic and uh, energy security is certainly right behind it but they tend to look at themselves as being you know a responsible government responsible people so they're trying to look at other ways to conserve and and uh, be a part of the equation. And that's why when I said that it's understood, hydrocarbons are part of our life. I know some people don't like that and some people want to change. And that's not to say that we aren't agents of change and we might not, and we may move that way, but the reality is oil and gas are driving their economy but they also look for ways to invest in other things and do it in a methodical, common sense manner without trying to push things or demand or, uh, you know, state that it has to be this way and put mandates in place. They're trying to get there in a uh, very responsible way. And, and that's just the types of investments they want to, make and take just simply because they see what the world's doing so they're going to take advantage of it is qatar is turkey similar to qatar do they do they have much difference in terms of ag or energy uh don't know much about their uh energy aspect uh agriculture i mean it, it's a arid dry place it's got some beautiful cities and it has some places that uh they actually do some uh, production. Uh, they are they're innovative and creative. If you think about Istanbul being the bridge, or uh, what many would call Eurasia, I mean it, it connects Europe and Asia, and it has been a transformation point. Now it's changed since uh, they've gotten a new president about ten years ago. And it's challenging some of the people and the culture and the values. Uh, but they are still pro-American and 
there are people interested in investments or investing and sometimes you got to be a bit cautious about what that looks like and where it fits into the scheme of things um but there's some there's some good companies over there that actually have very good relations here in the US and there's companies that add value to products that come from the US only because of their economy their labor and just the overall cost of uh doing business because they're not heavily regulated and kind of just wrapping up here, as I look at the clock, you mentioned the, the, the biofuels. So I do want to ask about that. Are, are, are they doing renewables, whether it be ethanol or green algae or any sort of, you know, mixture of ag and energy together, like, like a biofuel or anything? Not in their countries or their respective countries, but they are interested in what's going on um, in other parts of the world. The one thing that has and I've been hearing it more and more the last year, although it gets challenged from time to time. Countries that are interested in investing in the United States because we have the rule of law. Now, it makes them a a little concerned when you see protests going on in in, uh, states and in cities where it just goes, where it's locked down and it isn't dealt with that the rule of law is thrown out the door and the protesters can do whatever they want. Uh, that, that worries them a little bit, but overall they talk about the rule of law that people don't just get to change things because they don't like something or they don't believe in it. Then, uh, that, that worries them because they see that in other places in the world. So they have some security and knowing that there's due process and there is a process that exists in the United States. So that really interests them when it comes to actually making investments. We may be one of the last few places in the world where rule of law actually applies and uh, it may actually attract more investment globally. That's, that's an interesting ironic twist. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I appreciate the update. Drive safe, you got, and uh, you know it's um, good luck out there. It's uh, it's it's a global economy is happening fast right before our eyes. Yes, it is. Play hard, work hard. Now let's work hard. Hey, folks, welcome to the Crude Life. We're going to get to the exclusive interview in just about 10 seconds. But first, I want to tell you about an American Energy Worker Special. If you go to MyPillow.com and insert the promo code OTIS, that's O-T-I-S, you can get an amazing deal right now on a six-piece towel set made with USA cotton for $39.99. It's a $110 value, yours for only $39.99 with the promo code OTIS. The six-piece towel set plus many other exclusive amazing deals at MyPillow.com. Just use the promo code OTIS. Please enjoy this exclusive interview. Thank you for joining the program here today. Just wanted to get an update on some of the activity going on with the federal level and Kathleen Scama, Western Energy Alliance. have been taking a look at it as well. Just had a op-ed published in the post. Thank you for joining the program here today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on, Jason. Well, let's talk about what you had in the op-ed. It uh, apparently is pointing out a few things that the federal government is ignoring, or I guess not ignoring. Well, the 
president banned leasing on January 27th, and we're almost a full six months later, and the Interior Department still doesn't have a plan on how it's going to uh, analyze the entire onshore and onshore and offshore oil and natural gas program, which was part of the president's order. So they banned leasing so that they could study the program, and they still haven't figured out how they're going to study the program, what they're going to do, what their plan is, how long it's going to take. And the report just keeps getting delayed and keeps getting delayed. So we use the opportunity of her trip here to Colorado to point out that that report needs to come out and they need to get on with it. The industry in Colorado, obviously, it's been impacted a lot more than other parts in the country. You know, California may be the exception or uh, New York, I guess, but Colorado has been impacted to almost to where regulations have driven the business out of Colorado. Have, have, we, have we been able to take a look at that at all? Has the administration been able to take a look at what has happened in Colorado? Well, you can't blame Colorado on the federal government. The state of Colorado has done that all by themselves. Um, but when we look at the federal orders that affect North Dakota, Montana, New Mexico, Wyoming, Colorado, Utah, California, and Alaska, the main oil and natural gas producing states on federal lands, um, that's where the impact is. And University of Wyoming professor found that um, if this leasing ban and and this level of activity um, continues till the end of Biden's term, then $33.5 billion of GDP will be lost and 58,000 jobs a year. So these kind of policies have real impact. And we're also seeing it in the fact that uh, gasoline prices have gone up, right? So much so that you've got the president begging OPEC and Russia to increase their oil production, um, even as he's making it hard for producers here in America to produce. Did I see that Interior Secretary is heading out to Colorado? Yeah, she, she's going to be in Colorado tomorrow, um, going to the BLM headquarters in Grand Junction, and she'll be visiting Denver either today or tomorrow. I can't remember exactly her schedule, but she's coming out to Colorado, so we used it as an opportunity to say, hey, you know, it's time to get on with um, this, whatever analysis you're going to do. You know, it was kind of like ready, fire, aim, because they stopped leasing before they had a plan on what they were going to do. So in a sense, they've banned leasing and they lost six months without a plan, without any activity to put that into place. So it was a waste. It was a, it was a complete waste of time and effort. Now, luckily, we had to judge in Louisiana that overturned the leasing ban. Um, but here again, we're calling on her to actually hold those lease sales as ordered by the judge. Um, so far, a month after the judge ruled that the leasing ban was unlawful, they have yet to say to the public when they're going to hold the lease sale. So it's time to get on with things at the Interior Department, and uh, Secretary Holland needs to uh, answer some questions. Well, anything else that we should let everybody know about out there that we have you on the phone? Since uh, she's coming into Colorado, it'll probably be a good time for her to listen up to the people of Colorado for sure. Well, not really related to her trip, but today the Senate Energy and Natural Resources Committee approved on a party-line vote uh, the nomination of Tracy Stone Manning, who is an eco-terrorist involved in the tree spiking incident back in the late 80s, early 90s. 
and uh, she will become the uh, BLM director, apparently. Well, at least it's been passed out of committee. It still has to go to the Senate floor. So perhaps Mitch McConnell can um, make things difficult. But it looks like she's headed to be the next BLM director. So we have the interesting situation of the head of a federal lands management agency being someone who literally sent a threatening letter and put at risk uh, Forest Service employees and loggers, um, employees at risk through a tree spiking incident. So that uh, just really doesn't seem like good judgment. It doesn't seem like good judgment on the Senate's part. And it's really unfortunate that um, certainly she's not a convicted eco-terrorist. She gained immunity from uh, by, by basically testifying against two people who were committed uh, or convicted, I mean. Um, and she, you know, basically was a co-conspirator with them. So that's a lovely piece of news today. Boy, that is some scary stuff, you know. And I, and I didn't even know how to read some of this Russia, uh, you know, just the fact that uh, Biden's been open to opening up more flow over in Russia, but here let's shut it down and we're not studying it yet. And now we're getting new. Oh, boy, this is it's, it's just topsy-turvy times we're living in. It doesn't show really good balanced management of <laughs> our federal public lands is what it shows. Ain't that the truth? Um, well, thanks for the good work out there, WesternEnergyAlliance.org. Uh, just uh, in, anything you want the people to know out there? Well, I think I hit on uh, several things today, but <laughs> really appreciate uh, your interest in these topics. Well, anytime we can give an alert about an eco-terrorist, I'm all about that. <laughs> Well, it's time to put the booze down Find us some solid ground Clean this damn life up And turn it all around We got lost in the smoke and dream We can feel each other starting to sink It was time to get back to our hearts Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. The Crude Life Morning Show Play Hard, Work Hard is sponsored in part by Chewy Paws, all natural elk, deer, moose, and caribou antler chews for dogs, USA sourced premium quality and no preservatives. They love what we do in oil and gas, and all profits go to the dogs. That's Chewy Paws. Check out their website, ChewyPaws.com. That's Chewy Paws with a Z.com. Exclusive interview industry news, environmental innovation at thecrudelife.com. Well, you're my pineapple, baby. Let me be your mango, 
Folks at My Pillow are changing the game once again with their six-piece towel set. This set is made with USA cotton, making it extremely absorbent, yet still provides that soft feel you look for in a towel. The set comes with a two-bath, two-hand towel, two-washcloth, typically retailing for $109.99, but for a limited time, you can get this for the low price of $39.99 with the promo code OTIS. That's O-T-I-S. Remember, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the Radio Listener Specials to get this insanely low price of $39.99 on the towel set. You'll find deep discounts on all other MyPillow products as well. Enter the promo code OTIS or call 800-598-5268 for these amazing energized specials. Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. 